at the same as time. As the game started. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, the second period just finished. Oh. How's it going? I can't see a score. No, you, you couldn't see it. I see like we are uh I, I see a slight like quarter of a screen. <laughs> we we are down two one. Oh, oh. one period it's one period head. left to get it together. And of course, if we win this game, we're done. If we lose this game, we yep. play Sunday. In a world where every Rob, Steve, and Lane has a podcast, two good brothers will try to rise above the rest. <laughs> Howard Blues and the Mark Kidder invite you to pour a cold beverage, pull up a seat, and enjoy time with friends. Welcome to Beer Blues and BS. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Beer, Blues, and BS, the podcast that when it tries to start 30 minutes early, remembers that one of its hosts is the living embodiment of Charlie Brown and makes sure that everything goes wrong. I'm your host, Howard Blues, here, as always, with my co-host, the man, the myth, the guy who had to hang up his lights instead of finishing the run sheet, the legend, the Mark Kidder. Kidder, how you doing tonight? Hey, but look at how cool it looks, huh? Look at that. Look at that. Colorado Avalanche hockey. And then right over here, we have the fighting Sioux lamp as well. As I move my head out of the way. Go Avs. Go Sioux. Here we go. Another edition of the Triple B coming to you live from two weeks ago. I'm okay. Got a lot of stuff happening. Things are moving. The gears are cranking. The stuff is happening. How are you doing? You know, I've been better. It has been a kind of hellish, terrible week. Would you say that it's and been also a week? let the record state that instead of getting the run sheet done, you're worried about a light that's going to be behind your head the entire episode. Yeah, they come in a pair, so. I'll just, I'll just do that good, for you. Good, good, good. A little lower, a little lower. Keep your head like that the rest of the episode, and it'll be worth it. I'll, I'll just do this. So then you see the glow through my headset. Yes. Ugh. It, it. We're gonna be salty tonight. I can, I can just feel it already. It, it's, it's gonna be salty hmm. this Friday. Maybe, night. maybe, yeah. maybe a little salty. Especially you, because you already sound like it's been a week without saying it's been a week. So I'm waiting for it's been a week. But has it been I, a week? Well, I said it's been a hell of a week. It is. Oh, well, uh, that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. This week was worse. Most of my weeks, it's been a week. This week, it's been a hell of a week. We, we amped up the suffering just a wee bit to make life miserable. Well, bef before you tell us how crappy your week has been living in hell. How about we help ourselves to some tasty beverages to take the edge off? Maybe to even dilute the salt. Mm. <laughs> what do you have that's been warming for the past 48 minutes? Well, Kidder, uh, as I wipe the condensation off the can, um, it's, uh, it's been sitting here for a while. 
Um, I don't know why I'm making myself suffer. I got something. It's from a little place called Shiner, Texas. So we all know what that means. Uh, this is from the Shiner Brewing Company. Well, from Shiner, because it's the Spetzel Brewing Company from Shiner, Texas. There, I got my intro right. It is a white wing Belgian white. With a giant finger pointing. Yes. Finger point of doom. Uh, it is a Belgian-style wheat ale brewed with coriander and orange peel, so, God, you know I'm going to hate this. Um, 4.7 ounces. No other real Only 4.7 ounces? Only they really four... screwed you. Yeah, well, sorry, 4.7% alcohol by volume. Oh, okay. It's been a week. A hellacious week. Get it. You don't even get it. The fact that I'm even here is amazing. Um, anyway, yeah, 4.7% alcohol. Not enough to make the pain go away. Just to dull it a little bit. Let's give it a good old whiff. Well, I don't smell any orange. Kind of smells like a cheap beer. Maybe it's at the bottom. Well, I don't taste the orange. Hmm. I can never really taste the coriander. And the thing about it, Kidder, you might remember um, last October, I had a little uh, pumpkin spice beer that I described as uh, taking a bite of pumpkin pie and following it with like a Bud Light chaser. This is like the reverse. So this is like taking a shot of Bud Light and having a slice of, pea of uh, pumpkin pie. Hmm. So it's it's like that cheap beer taste at the beginning, but then like yeah, like a pumpkin spice aftertaste. It's kind of weird. Mm. I think I'm going to uh, rate this a uh, oh two point three six seven eight nine. <laughs> Just to continue that joke from last week. Hmm. And uh wonderful. Kidder, I hope you're drinking something better than this. Although this does stay on theme for this week. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, tell you what, we'll dig into the triple B beer fridge. Find something else from the Iowa way. <clears throat> Let's see here. In fact, let's go with this one right here because uh why not i guess uh this one is from the fire trucker brewery in ankeny iowa this is the brigade ale 5.2 percent alcohol per volume and this is a 26 ibu beverage as you can see there on the other side they're climbing Climbing up, and there's some hops on fire and recycle and whatnot. Uh, this, by the way, is uh, 16 ounces, so it's a, a nice pounder here. The ABVs 5.2 and, again, 26 IBUs. 
on that. Uh, they're located at 716 Southwest 3rd Street in Ankeny, Iowa. In case you uh, want to go visit them in person, the Fire Trucker Brewery again. Uh, on the front of here, the uh, can here, it says, Call in the Fire Brigade! This pre-prohibition style golden ale from the dawn of the horseless carriage area is a maze colored with a slightly sweet nose and just a hint of orange and juniper berries. A clean tasting beer with a wheaty finish and a lingering sweetness that will keep you coming back sip after sip. Keep uh, cycling and recycling so i don't know if they're fans of using bicycles as well <clears throat> but let's go ahead pop this thing open see if we need to call a fire truck or perhaps an ambulance ah mm -hmm. uh, yes you can uh, smell the uh, orange right up the top yes okay here we go cheers to you howie blues and uh, the end of another crappy week Hmm. All right. And this one. I guess the best way to describe this is it would be a cross between a Bud Light and a Blue Moon. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not crazy about it, but I don't hate it. So. Yeah, solid 3.14 repeating times pi. Divide I was going to say, I'll trade you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to use that, what is it, white wing and white fly wing. it over here? Just airmail it. He'll get here sometime between when they come out with another featured beer or not. I, I actually think this is the last shiner I have in my fridge. So, all right. Nice, well, nice to see they're going out on a high note. We need, we need Mr. Boucher to uh, get us some more recommendations on some more featured Spatzel Brewery beverages, I guess. Oh, man. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> I think this is a bit much for a pounder. Uh, I could maybe get through the 12 ounce, but I don't know about a pint. Well, I'll give it a shot. Maybe it's just because I'm not feeling it today. I wasn't uh, standing out in the 90 degree heat for a, a while. Yeah! Woo! That's a goal! And they're reviewing it, probably. We'll see. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I say that specifically because uh, last night I met up with J.S. Gunslinger on his birthday. A big happy birthday to the Gunslinger himself. Howard's giving the... Uh, <clears throat> and then uh, had my 
two that I end up having when uh, we end up at the local pub. One, I'll have the Finnegan's Irish Amber beer and then the Smittick's uh, Irish beer. Love both of those beverages on tap and uh, just a combination of them. And of course, it was nice and toasty outside and uh, that made it even better. Man, look at those. Look at those people right there. They're all fired up for beer, blues and BS. They're cheering us on, Howard. The millions of fans. If you haven't picked up on it yet, Kidder's got Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals streaming because this could be the night. It could be the night that the Avs bring home the Cup. That's why we are both sporting the blue and maroon. And uh, That is a, yeah. a very, very fancy... Uh, a jersey you got there you, you should uh, back it up show show the uh show the audience your jersey as well uh, uh my i mean uh, well you you go first you, you I, show I, i'm not in a chair with wheels kidder uh, backing up is a feat of <laughs> scooting and uh i'm kind of tucked in here so maybe oh, later say you're like that's, hop along or something yeah but i have the current season jersey as you can see the uh adidas avalanche jersey and yes sporting the number 17 which of course is our good old i i let me turn around this way so you can actually see it our long lost friend tyson jost who got traded to the dark side and even though he is playing golf somewhere because he got traded to the Minnesota mild. Uh, he played most of the season with Colorado. And uh, if, uh, as far as I remember that, if uh, the avalanche win the cup, which of course they damn well better Tyson, Joe's name will be inscribed on the side of the cup. If uh, he chooses to have it on inscribed on the, the cup with the rest of the team. So, I dig it. All right. <clears throat> let's, uh, as they say, let's get down to business, shall we? We got a show to do. Well, the big show's happening right over, right over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got, we got stuff to talk about, Kidder. Plenty of stuff to talk about. So I've said it's been a bit of a hellacious week. Some of it I can't get into because uh, it's work stuff, and that's always great. And Kidder's not even listening. He got up and walked away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, I see how it is, Kidder. I start, start telling you about my week, and I look over, and you've gotten up and walked away. I left. That's right, everybody. <laughs> Kidder, such a good friend. The moment I start to... You know, How bad is your week? Oh, one of my best friends, I started telling him the story. He just got up and left. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> in all fairness, in all fairness, as you, as you can see, now it is illuminated in the Colorado Avalanche Maroon once again, fully illuminated. If you go back to the last one, when I was on screen, it was very dim over in the corner. And that's because the fancy special effect lighting 
got turned on its side. So I had to make sure that we are at 100% Colorado Avalanche efficiency and support to get our team to the winner's circle. So, your week. Not so good, huh? Yeah. So, Kinder, you, uh, being a weather guy, you happen to know last weekend was excruciatingly hot. Um, I don't know. If, did we didn't break 100, did we? We did. Oh, we it, did. Was, it was uh, 100. Actually, I think uh, Saturday was 101 and Sunday was 100. As you begin telling your story, I will yeah. verify. So on Sunday, we went over to uh, my sister-in-law's place to go swimming in the pool because they got their pool up and going and ready for the season. Uh, had, a, had a pretty good time. Uh, Junior has gotten to that age where he can now jump into the pool and likes jumping into the pool. Uh, also really fun because I can launch him out of the water uh, way up into the air, and he has a lot of fun with that. Um, the only real downer note about that was uh, the uh, the brother-in-law and his girlfriend were there, and Ugh. that's all I'll say about that. But Kidder, uh, we got home from that about 8.30 at night to discover that our house was sitting at a toasty 89 degrees. So tried our best um, to get the AC running, but it wouldn't run. So we had to basically move everybody to the basement um, where it was cooler and so that everybody could sleep and the kids could sleep safely and all of that. So that was a bit of a hassle um, and such. And uh, on Monday, Lefty called uh, a couple places like, hey, we need somebody to come look at this. We need to have our AC running because we got small kids. And uh, today was the first day that anybody could come and look at it. And, of course, they said, yeah, we'll send somebody on Friday, but uh, we'd prefer if on Thursday you don't run your AC. So we had yesterday no AC. So, of course, another bleh, uh, night. We again moved everybody down in the basement. Got through that. So they came and they looked at it today. Kidder, uh, the motor went out in my AC. Oh, great. Yeah. And uh, it happens to be a two-pin motor, which they don't make anymore. So it's going to cost me seven grand for a new AC unit. As soon as I can get it in is Monday, which means for the rest of this weekend, we're without AC. They told us not to turn it on because it is a fire hazard and could burn down my house. Awesome. That's that I'd say it blows, but apparently it doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. this is why I should have been able to start this show at 830 because um, we knew that we were going to do the podcast. I can't do the podcast if the kids are here um, 
in this situation because they're all sleeping one floor up. This not that we're overly loud. I mean, you didn't hear me flying off the handle when the AF scored. You know, but it's not it's yet. loud enough. You just wait. So because of that, we were, you know, trying to come up with what to do. I, I was actually thinking about even doing this podcast from my garage. But then it's a matter of how to get back into the basement without waking Junior, who's been sleeping on an air mattress on the living room floor. Um, and my wife uh, was pretty quick on thinking and decided to talk to her parents. And so Junior is staying out at their place, um, which allows me to do the show. And because he's out at their place, means I don't have to put him down for bed, which means I could start the show at 8.30. So I get down here at 8.20, have my beers, have my jersey, get everything set up. I start the meeting for this, and my computer freezes and dies. And when I restarted it, it needed an update, because why wouldn't it? And so that's why we are now starting at 9 o'clock, because that is how my week is going. And as I said, there's some other stuff that's happening at work that's kind of... So, needless to say, it's hot in this house. It's going to continue to be hot in this house. Yeah. Is uh, <clears throat> Mr. Heat Miser going to come pay a visit? Kidder, it's June. We're not supposed to start on that song until at least after Thanksgiving. Hell. Keep the keep the Christmas references to a minimum, please, sir. That's like it's the only one that I really like anymore. <laughs> that that what is it? The year without Santa Claus? Is that that's the movie? There's that one, but they, they made a sequel here not too long oh, ago yeah. because Heat Miser and Snow Miser and that song like took off for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, hey, this, this is getting traction, this ancient movie, so let's get a sequel in here. We can make money. You know, that's how Hollywood works. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it wasn't that good. Just didn't have the same <clears throat> fun that the first one did. I was looking for many words that I could say about that, but that was probably the nicest. So <laughs> glad that the heat miser isn't visiting you. Uh, that sounds like you are going to be able to come visit Sunday night for Forbidden Door, visit in the air conditioned comfort. Uh, probably not, Kidder, because I'll have the kids back. So, <laughs> okay. I can't leave the wife here alone with the kids in a hot house. That's just grounds for divorce. Mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So much for that. Mm -hmm. But Sunday night is AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door pay per view. There's a bunch of different uh, matches. And uh, one of uh, the guys from New Japan already had to be switched out because he has a knee injury, so he's unable to compete. And there's uh, quite a, a bit of other um, 
injury proneness going around. Uh, so we'll end up seeing how that goes. But the current injury list from AEW includes Kenny Omega, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Darius Martin, The Bunny, Red Velvet, Lee Johnson, Anthony Bowens, Layla Hirsch, Sky Blue, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Matt Hardy. And of course, Jeff Hardy is uh, out because of his criminal charges. Uh, The good news is he has reported to alcohol treatment and is now undergoing uh, rehabilitation treatment to try and help him out with his alcohol issues. And uh, I really hope for uh, his sake and everybody else's sake that he gets some help and is able to stick true to that. So there's your basic update with the status of AEW. The other interesting thing is Wednesday night is AEW Blood and Guts. So I'm guessing that it'll be kind of like extreme rules, but actually extreme because it's AEW and they bleed and different things like that. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. That's coming up Wednesday. Also, uh, looking ahead because it would be fun if we could roll down to Minneapolis on August 10th. AEW will be at the Target Center once again, and uh, that'd be a lot of fun, but uh, my schedule is looking like I won't be able to go, so that's unfortunate, but onward, Uh, your thoughts with uh, anything AEW uh, with that? You know, I I had seen kind of the, the news story about all of the injuries and I mean it it's one of those things WWE has been kind of criticized for the safeness of its wrestling um the last you know like 10 years but there's something to be said they don't tend to have nearly the injuries that AEW has right now um and I think part of that is AEW, they're so willing to push these matches further and further than they should be that, you know, it just, it opens yourself up to injury and, and that's a possibility. And it's, you know, let nobody say that there isn't risks to wrestling. You know, if you're, you're putting your body on the line to, to participate in this activity, injuries are always a risk of happening but you can still wrestle fairly safely and try to prevent as many of these injuries as possible i know the miz gets criticized because you know he tends to wrestle safe and you know people will give him flack about well you're not a real tough guy you're not this you're you're overly cautious but what the Miz can tell you is he's almost always around and he's been consistent. And because of that, you know, I, I think that's part of why his career is still in as good a shape as it is because he's a good heel 
Buddy's always able to be around, and because that safe wrestling works in kind of a chicken shit heel kind of way. So, eh, you know, I, I give him credit for that. But I, I do think that that is part of the thing with AEW. These guys take risks. They're willing to do these matches, you know, that can hurt. They've done actual death matches on AEW, you know. <laughs> so, much greater risk of getting injured, I think, with AEW. Um just with the style that they're doing. And it's a shame that they have so many of their top talent that are out right now. Um, but, you know, it's those top talent that are at pay-per-views and are in these big storylines and in these kind of hardcore matches. And not to say that all of them have a hardcore stipulation, but they're, they're matches where they are pulling off more and more stunts isn't quite the right word, but Dangerous maneuvers, if that makes sense. They're risking it a little bit more because it's the pay-per-view. And we got a kill for 30 minutes because you better believe it's the match before us killed for 30 minutes. The match after us is going to kill for probably 30 minutes. We got to try and stand out in this hyper, you know, competitive uh, mode. And that leads to more risks. The... I don't remember if I shared it with you, but I think I, I told you about it where they were in one of the arenas for this crazy match and Jeff Hardy jumped off the top of like a two-story ladder through the merch table. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen were also involved in that match. Apparently, according to, you know, again, an article on the internet, so <clears throat> grain of salt decide the truth or not but uh, allegedly sting was supposed to be the person at the top of the ladder flying off and going through the merch table and jeff hardy uh, i don't know intervened i suppose would be a good word and said hey i'll i'll do that so interesting but still jeff hardy isn't 20 years old anymore either so that's a little difficult for his body to handle which is understandable why he's looking to things to help dull the pain i guess because we're, we're all getting older i know i'm not looking forward to uh, working on my deck sand it down and restain it and that'll probably cripple my knees for a while. <laughs> but you put yourself through the tables and off ladders and you kill your body. And then what do you expect? It's going to fall apart. I was going to say, Kidder, uh, on the whole deck thing, um, you can get these at Menards. They make these wonderful like knee pads. That I got hard. some. But Those, it'll probably uh, still kill me. <laughs> actually, they tend to be pretty good. Um, we had a pair um, for when we lived at the house on Juniper. We we tiled that basement, and that was a lot of time on hands and knees, and that was kind of the lifesaver uh, for those. So, and now, if any uh, corporate member of the Menards Corporation is watching or listening. Give us a contact 
shoot us an email about your own sponsorship and your logo could be right here or here or perhaps here or here it's up to you just let us know beerbluesbs.com and click contact us i was gonna see how long you were gonna hold that <laughs> yeah i mean i felt that was long enough got other important things to talk about and important things to see right here we want the cup damn it so let's go let's have it go yeah uh on a more serious note since we were discussing wrestling uh, just passing along the information, uh, the two former WWF uh, referees passed away. Uh, obviously, when this airs, it's a few weeks back, but recently passed, including uh, Tim White. He was uh, an official that I recognized immediately from, you know, back in the Attitude Era. And on, uh, he spent 24 years with WWE, including the officiating and then becoming a producer of sorts in the back and helping with training and storylines, that sort of thing. So uh, sad loss there. And then uh, Dave Hebner, which is uh, the brother of Earl Hebner, who you probably remember also from WWE and uh, impact wrestling officiating uh by the way tim white was 68 years old and dave hebner was 73 years old he was with wwe for 19 years so uh, we here at the triple b extend our respects and our uh shall we say <clears throat> uh, condolences to their friends and family and uh, everybody who uh, was really touched by uh, both of those individuals throughout uh, the years that they helped to entertain in the world of pro wrestling. Yeah, um, I know Tim White was one of the favorite uh, referees of one Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I think he said that on a podcast. Um, that I listened to at one point that Tim White was one of his favorite to kind of work with on the ref side of things. So, yeah, a big, uh, big loss in that regard. But you know that it, it does happen. And yes, you are correct. Our condolences out to the families on uh, their loss. Tampa Bay Lightning scored. You know, as I don't really want to discuss it because there's a lot of people who criticize Darcy Kemper, but I'd like to go back to the, uh, the last year in the off season when they drafted Darcy Kemper. And I said, great, we could get one of two things, the Minnesota wild Darcy Kemper, or we could get a good goaltender and the past two games. He has been the Minnesota Wild Darcy Kemper, letting in some crap shots that should not have been let in, just like the one that was just let in. 
So very agitating with uh, just over five minutes remaining in game five that now Tampa Bay has taken the lead, especially with the Stanley Cup being in ball arena. All right, let's talk about something more interesting like uh, you and your straight line missions and different things like that. You like following those. So what's new in the world of the straight lines missions? Well, it's not even a straight line mission. Um, the Geo Wizard, who is kind of the father of the straight line mission, uh, came up with a new mission, and it's called the No Roads mission. Um, he did this just, I think it was a couple months ago. I, if you don't know the Geo Wizard, a lot of what's on his channel is him playing GeoGuessr, which doesn't interest me at all. Um, so it's kind of one of those things like I kind of ignore his channel for a couple months and then I like tune back in to go like, hey, has he done another one of these missions? No, okay, and I'm gone for a couple of months. Um, so he did this no roads mission and he went from he was basically across uh, the Black Country. In um, England, so uh, he went from gosh, what was the first city? Wolsey, and he went to Dudley or Dudley. My England geography not great, so sorry to our uh, UK listeners on my terrible job on remembering the details of this. Um, but this uh, black country is is called that because it. Wait, here we go. Here. We haven't done one of these for a while. Some history with Howard. Um, the Black Country was kind of one of the centers of the Industrial Revolution in England. So it was home, especially in kind of the uh, 1800s, to a lot of factories and coal mines and industry and it has kind of slowly um eh, you wouldn't necessarily say that that's kind of what it is anymore you find a lot of kind of ruins and um as a geo wizard put it and it was a very good way to put it um the land is kind of scarred from it and so it's not necessarily like filled with the best neighborhoods um as, as was very clearly shown um, but because it was so industrial, he thought that he could, and he, he showed he on Google Earth, basically draw a line that went pretty much across the black country um, using no roads. He had to cross some roads, but no roads. Um, and he he thought he could do it in a day. It was all of like 10 miles. Um, he split up into three videos. It was an interesting series. Um I like his straight line missions a little bit better. Um, this got to be a little long. One of the interesting things, Kidder, he he kind of stated at the beginning, like, with this route, I'll have to do less trespassing. <laughs> so Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, to which then, like, his very first thing was to climb onto the roof of a shopping center and the whole time be like, Gotta be careful. Last time I was in this area, there was security, and they asked me to leave. 
So this very first thing is trespassing. Um, so there's that. There's another section where um, he's he follows an abandoned uh, railroad line for a while. But there's a spot where he gets to that becomes a construction zone because they're working on converting this railway line into a tram line. And so it's a fenced-off construction area with security that has already at one point asked him to leave when he was scouting his mission. And uh, he, his, his big, bold strategy for getting past this is to hide behind this little chunk of wall and watch. And when a car pulls up to the gate to get into the construction zone, to run across the street and try to get past the security guard run down this tram line, dodging construction workers as they try to tackle him for like the, I think it was like 300 and some yards he had to go. So like three football fields worth. Um, so he, 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 he gears up for it. He climbs, like he waits like 45 minutes for a car to actually pull up to the construction site. And he comes over the wall and he tries to look nonchalant. When they open the gate, he, uh, he walks across, and he gets to the guard and he goes, uh, you know, and he, he just he loses his nerve. Um, can I pass through here? And the guard's like, no. So he had to find a different route. Um, but yeah, he totally kind of chickened out on that part. But it's also good that he didn't trespass. But it uh, it was an interesting series. Um, he ends up going through a lot of bushes and shrubbery and uh really comes across like he comes across one spot that's just covered in uh drug paraphernalia needles and such and all of that and uh he gets hit with a bag of uh dog shit because he's in these bushes near a path and somebody throws their bag of dog shit and nails him so yeah it was uh quite the uh Quite the adventure and such. I won't I won't fully spoil it because it's only been out for a while to let you know whether he makes it or not. But uh you know it's three parts, they're each about 40 minutes. Hmm. You can give it a watch. There's some uh interesting scenery and, and such. Um again, he's not family friendly, he curses a lot. <clears throat> so keep that in mind. Um and uh yeah, so I I checked it out. It was interesting. Um, you know, um, I'm still kind of waiting for his next straight line mission because, um, I, as I said, I do prefer those a little bit more uh, to this. So, mm. but yeah. Uh. Too many men on the ice. Not, not a fan. But uh, with the straight line missions, yeah, I know you're big, big into those, interested in in those. And hmm, I'd have to say, if I wanted to see, I'd probably just go to the very end of the third video and just take a look. I, I will say, Kidder, it, it they can be worth a, a watch because there's a part of it that as you're watching, you're just like it. There is a bit of tension with it. 
Um, like in this one, part of what he has to run through is this giant museum that it it's basically kind of like we have around here, like the historic villages. But this is it's a huge area, and he's like he gets into it with like fifteen minutes before closing time. So you know it's him running across this this museum trying to find an exit as like everybody's closing down employees are looking at him like there's some actual good tension of like is he gonna make it is somebody gonna catch him you know you know so there is that part of it that's at least worth a watch Hmm. um and such it's also kind of a nice thing just to put on in like the background and like you kind of work on something else or do something else um, at the same time. And that's not to say it's boring, but there are chunks where he gets like really reflective on things. And uh, like, there's a, a stretch where he's like, I need to get moving. I can normally run three miles in 40 minutes. And he, <laughs> it cuts like a little bit later and he's like, Oh, all right. Well, Clearly, I'm not as good a shape as possible. But you kind of can see in the background, it's like he maybe ran like 30 yards in sit and he's winded. So he gets a little reflective about, oh, I'm not in the best of shape and all of that. And mm. so you can kind of like tune that part out and just kind of tune in for the juicy bits. Um, so hmm. it, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Speaking of juicy bits, Craig Ferguson announced a new comedy tour. He's heading out on the road again. Unfortunately, nowhere near here. So there's that. But if you go to craigfergusonshow.com, you can find out more information if he's coming to a town near you. Sad he missed when he was here in Bismarck a few years ago, because that was pretty good. And by pretty good, it was funny. You know, I'm not the biggest Craig Ferguson fan. Mm. You know, it's not that he's bad. It's just, I don't know. I've seen some of his stand up before and it's all right. Said not the late, late show was better i think because of the censorship because you know they can't say swear words on network television so there's that but it was it was funny and then of course the late grant imahara creating jeff the robot and uh, it's kind of his uh robot sidekick for the show and that was funny uh they had a lot of a lot of bits on the show that I thought were genius and hilarious. And then he had a, a show, a, a kind of a talk show, but comedy show almost like the Late Late Show uh, that was on Sirius XM. And I want to say that it was at 5 or 5.30 Central weekdays on one of the random channels. But I never caught more than two or three partial episodes 
It made me sad because then I'd remember to tune in and uh, it wasn't um, on. So very disappointing to, you know, not catch those. I bought his uh, last comedy CD as well. And over on the wall over yonder. But um, I, I would like to see him uh, do the comedy thing in this area again. So then I could go. But we'll just see. Maybe one day in the future, we'll be able to go to that. Have some fun. Yeah. So I was always more of an Eddie Izzard uh, fan when it comes to comedy than Craig Ferguson. So I don't know how much Eddie Izzard you've ever watched, but uh, pretty much just the shows that uh, you and I uh, watched together. A couple of those comedy specials. That's pretty much uh, my extent of uh, exposure to Eddie Izzard. Yeah, I, I just, I, I like his his style and his delivery. That's like part like I'm super smart about this, but I'm also maybe kind of making a bit of fun like I might not exactly know or don't quite know or I'm oversimplifying it in a way that's hilarious, you know? So, it and also just the fact that a lot of his jokes are kind of history-based. Um, being a history guy, it makes it appealing. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. I liked his bit on Star Trek. That was pretty good. Mm. And what was that? I forget the exact wording of it, but it it was a pretty good bit on Star Trek. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been probably, gosh, over 10 years since I've watched any of his comedy specials. So I'm a little rusty on, on some of them. And that one wasn't one that I sat and quoted. Um, as much as like cake or death mm-hmm. um, and such. Yeah. So I'll have to find it for you at some point. Which uh, I had to laugh, Kidder. There's this page that's been popping up on my Facebook. It's a Star Trek fan page. Hmm. And uh, they keep, it keeps popping up with like these quizzes. And it's like, you can't possibly name all 20 of these Starfleet officers. Um, I think I scored like 17 out of 20. Wow. You've been hanging out with me a lot. Yeah. The only three I missed were off of Discovery. Hmm. But it was like, they say that, but then it was like Captain Jonathan Archer. It's like. Hmm. You know, it, it's like, oh, yeah, I like a lot of them were easy, but I, I thought of it because there's one that then has been popping up like the hardest Spock quiz ever. And I actually thought like, oh, this could be good. I could I could challenge Kidder here on the show to the hardest Spock quiz ever. And the first one, and these are all multiple choices. You know, it's like, what species is Spock? A. Human, B, Vulcan, C, half human, half Vulcan, 
D, Klingon. And this is the hardest Spock quiz ever. You might notice we're not doing this on the show. <laughs> well, I mean, it might be super hard. You know, do you choose A, B, C, or D? Hmm. Anybody who does not choose C would be illogical. I have disappointing news. Howie Blues. Okay. Hit me with it. The uh, Avalanche were unable to score again to tie it up once again. And so the Avalanche have lost this evening, making the series uh, Avalanche 3, Lightning 2, which means that in two days, the Avalanche will play the Lightning in Tampa. And again, for the Stanley Cup. And we'll see what happens. Would have been great to have a win, especially that we're recording this show. Because it's content! Because then we'd have like half an hour of th stuff to talk about. But they lost. So here we are. Mm-hmm. How's the weather up there, Howie Blues? Well, um, at first. <clears throat> okay, that's better. <clears throat> and and what does that piece of clothing say? Oh, this is just a Star Wars shirt. It's mm. there's no message to that, kidder. It's just I said I have no AC. It's too damn hot to be sitting down here in a basement wearing a hockey jersey. So since they lost, I uh took off the jersey. It's just it's too hot, too warm. So it's cooler now. Yeah. Okay. In other news, got the KRDN Eyewitness News 8 Weather Now channel on. So you can watch the weather. We had some crazy weather. Not near us because it formed just, just a bit outside. I mean, we might get a couple showers, but yeah, nothing. Nope. Really bummed out. I wanted to have this experience recorded. And now, because they play Sunday night, have to decide, do we watch, do I watch, New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW's Forbidden Door? Or do I watch... Stanley Cup Final Hockey featuring your Colorado Avalanche. I'm probably going to have to choose the Avalanche because it's the Avalanche, right? Or you could watch both. I mean, maybe. 
I mean, I might set it up, but you know, there's, <laughs> there's that whole thing. So it's, it's just, I get it. He can't win every game. I get it. I'm also glad that I did not pay to have a ticket in Denver tonight because uh, just, just take a guess. Howie Blues, <clears throat> take a guess, if you would, how much the ticket prices were listed as. Uh, $1, Bob. Wrong. Oh. Um, are we going for like the cheap seats? Or are we going for the most expensive seat? Give me something to go with here. Yeah, all of them. Go, start at the cheap seats and then... Work our way up. Um, gosh, let's say cheap seats was probably two hundred bucks, and for like ice level, you know, by the glass, maybe a thousand a ticket, possibly. We are now waiting while Kidder looks up the prices because he asked. It wasn't prepped. Well, I was. The problem is it was put in a story on Instagram. The story uh, has since disappeared. And while I wanted to give concrete information, the story is no longer available. So you get for getting your news from Instagram stories. Well, you you got to stick with the hard hitting, always accurate news sources. You know, like TikTok. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, I I don't know uh, what the ticket prices were for tonight. But, remembering some of the numbers, the lowest ticket price for the nosebleed top of the upper bowl, you're in the rafters, was $1,200. The right next to the ice glass level on the glass seats were $2,800 a seat. Yikes. For the potential for game seven, because the tickets are on sale. Uh, right now, if you ended up getting the lowest price ticket, which again would be in section 320, row 15, which I'm guessing is the very last row in the arena, $1,250 per seat. For the best seats that are available, Section 110, which is down on the uh, end where the avalanche attack once. One seat is $7,795. If you wanted a better seat, if it were available, perhaps uh, section, uh, let's say 102, those tickets are over $9,260 if they were actually available to purchase. So, 
Oh, I, I guess there are two available for resale. So you could get two right next to the lightning bench for $7,000 per seat. That's a resale price. Or some that are in row 11 for over 4000 per ticket. So there's that. So much for tonight. Uh, apparently, according to this article from the Denver Post uh, in Denver, is that uh, the <clears throat> average price of a ticket on StubHub today was $1,600 for that game. So we did not see tonight's game in person at Ball Arena, we ended up just dealing with it from a few, you know, miles away. So I think we're better off because, you know, our team lost. Now we drink our sorrows with another round of What's on Tap. Hmm. Yeah, we might as well. Uh, do you have a beer sitting out in in the heat that you need to s save? I I do I do have a beer that has been waiting for me to drink. I'll stop painting for a bit. Okay, you you go you go for it. What is okay. your beverage number two? Well, Kidder, I, I actually kind of hinted that I was going to have this uh, tonight as I clear the condensation off of my can. Uh, this is also from the Distill Brewery. It is the next one of the uh, Wild Sour series. It's the Cinco Paddock. Uh, it is a dry hopped sour ale, 6% alcohol by volume, uh, 12 IBU, 12 fluid ounces, and uh, that's all we got. Oh, no, wait, that's right. This one does have a description. <laughs> Syncopatic is a cool harmonization of a refreshingly tart and acidic sour ale with citrusy, fruity, and floral dry hops, normally in concert with pale ales. That's right, Kidder. It's the pale ale of sour beers. Uh, totally rad aromas and flavors reminiscent of grapefruit, orange, lemon, tangerine, pineapple, and hints of pine. Uh, okay. Give way to a biscuity, crackery, malt backbeat, low bitterness, and a dry finish to bring everything in sync. Cheers. Support flavor. Boycott bland. You know, kid, reading this, it sounds like they threw everything at this beer but the kitchen sink. There's still time to pour it down the kitchen sink. Well, you can smell the citrus in it. Uh, we'll give it a give it a taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. I don't pick up the biscuity crackery malt back, but on uh, first taste, you, you you do taste the grapefruit. Uh, right off uh, the bat, and then it it like slowly like shifts into pineapple. So it's like sour and then goes sweet. 
kind of like a sour patch kid, you know, sour and then sweet. Mm. It's really good. I, th I think I'm going to enjoy this, Kidder. I'll give it a rating of 4.5. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Not Just letting, letting you enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm not really picking up like a hoppy taste. Like it, it, it's not like anything close to an IPA. You might even enjoy this. Perhaps, perhaps. So, what are you going to drown your sorrows in? <clears throat> well, let's open up the fridge. What do we got in here? Mm. I do have uh, quite a few more. Uh, Des Moines beverages. Just moving that uh, around. In fact, I could have another from the Fire Trucker uh, Brewery. Let's go with, with the purple one right here. This one <clears throat> is an American wheat. Again, from the Fire Trucker Brewery. There you go. There's a good look at the purple can. Hmm. Uh, come on. The American wheat or America. Yes, it's American because we can. We can. All right. Orion's even kind of interested in this. Uh, maybe it'll focus. Maybe, maybe it won't. But um, this is the escape American wheat. And again, at the fire trucker brewery in Ankeny. Iowa. This is a 16 fluid ounces, the old pounder, a 4.5% alcohol by volume, and a 19 on the IBU scale. Um, there's no real other description on here. Of course, you have just the, the information on the, the back about uh, it's an independent brewery and the standard warning label. I don't know why this is having such time right now. I mean, maybe it's just it's just disappointed, much like we are. Yeah, there's there's no tasting notes or any kind of backstory on this can, like the Brigade Ale. So we'll pop this uh, thing open. Oh, uh, I guess it does say beer is art on the front. It almost smells like the other one. Hmm. I definitely like this one better. Hmm. It, it, it's very much more wheaty and more tasty. So I will give this one a 4.4445 four three eight hmm. I was waiting for there to be a niner in there <laughs> uh no not today <sighs> you, you can tell you can tell that the Avs lost I mean Kidder's down man he's just you, you can see it I kind of want to Play like the Incredible Hulk music because he sits there. 
but I don't want the copyright strike. So for all of you at home, just just imagine Incredible Hulk music, the sad piano playing. Skitter hmm. sits there, sad and depressed. I mean, a little bit. I mean, the abs are still up three to two, so F them. That's what I say. Kill them in Tampa. I don't care. Let the blood run red in Tampa. <laughs> All right. Uh, since you brought up the Marvel verse and the Hulk, I have to say we've been watching Ms. Marvel. I don't remember if we ended up discussing it last week on the show, but uh, without spoilers and without discussing anything of true interest with the show, I'm not feeling truly invested in it because we finished the uh, what would be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That series... It got better as it went on. I liked it. I don't think there's going to be another season of it because it's really a fill-in to help bring the next part of not even an origin story, but like a rejuvenation story for both of them. So I don't think there's uh, there'll be another season of that. Uh, but Ms. Marvel, it almost seems like that kid TV show that's made by adults like, hello, cool kids. Uh, watch this. It's not quite for adults, but it doesn't quite seem it's for kids either. So uh, I'm trying to give it a chance, but it just feels weird. And apparently other people feel the same because it's the lowest viewed Marvel series on Disney Plus. Especially one that is in, you know, active. I, I don't want to say development, a- active airing with new episodes. Yeah, I think. Part of it is it's a character that's actually fairly new. Um Miss Marvel is not as old of a character as um, some of the others that you've seen. Like Moon Knight has been around forever. Hawkeye's been around forever. Falcon, Winter Soldier, forever. Wanda and Vision, forever. Loki, forever. Like these are a lot of really well known characters. And for the most part, a lot of the ones I've just named off have shown up in other movies and all of that. So you, you kind of are already familiar with them. Moon Knight being the one exception to that, but I think Moon Knight, again, character that's been around for a long enough time, people are excited about it. Miss Marvel is newer, and I, so I don't know that she's got quite the fan base. Um, you know, she's one of these kind of newer creations that's kind of meant to bring kids back into it because, you know, most people who kind of grew up reading comics are now our age or older it's you know they so they keep trying to like rebring comics to kids um and such and i i think that that's part of where it struggles to fit in with it um it's a 
it's an interesting idea for a character, somebody who's a fan of superheroes all of a sudden getting superhuman powers and having to deal with it. It's it's an interesting concept in that regard. But yeah, from the the sound of the tonal shift, it sounds like they tried too hard to kind of capture like as you said, a kid's show instead of kind of making it somewhat adult. So it's kind of like a, a watered down version of Captain Marvel because mm. she's obsessed with Captain Marvel specifically. And so she dresses like Captain Marvel and and tries to emulate like Captain Marvel. I mean, even Orion just left because he was just bored with it. <laughs> but <clears throat> I will continue to give it its fair chance. And a fair shot. Uh, I also feel, and I think I mentioned it before, that, and I think it was actually you who suggested it. And again, I don't remember if it was in the episode or not, because we talk about so many different things uh, at different points. But the idea, it, it really seems like they are building the young Avengers. Because in Hawkeye, they have the kid with Hawkeye. Ms. Marvel is a kid. And I'm sure they're going to work in other youthful members associated with other Marvel characters. Is it necessary? I mean, it's kind of like Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. I, maybe. Maybe I, it's good. I mean, I don't know if it's made or being produced or written yet, but uh, typically I have enjoyed the content that comes from Marvel Studios. Yeah, I think part of it, it I don't know that it's like a money grab or anything. I think that what's happening is you're, you're losing a lot of your big stars because their contracts are up. You know, they had signed on for so many movies, they're done. They want to go do other things, you know, so you've lost, you know, Iron Man, you've lost Captain America, you've lost, you know, um, the Thor is coming up pretty quick. Like there's talk that Love and Thunder might be his last one. You know, you're, you're kind of losing the big three. And so you're trying to find characters to kind of fill those shoes and, you know, you're, you're trying to do that. And it's the same problem that they had actually in the comics. In the um, original comics of the Avengers run, you know, it started with Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, Thor. Um, although the Hulk got kicked out like in the second episode or the second issue of <laughs> Avengers because he was deemed too dangerous to be an Avenger. Hmm. Um but you kind of had those guys, and then you had Ant-Man um, slash Giant-Man and the Wasp. And that was kind of your team. And then they decided, okay, it's, you know, we, we want to take and give Captain America his own book and Iron Man and Thor. And so those three leave the Avengers, and they kind of filled in with what they could. So that's when you get Scarlet Witch joining and Quicksilver joining. It's... They kind of had to fill in for the team because the other characters were being taken away. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Marvel's kind of like, oh, grab a little bit of this, grab a little bit of that. 
try and fill in and build an Avengers team that when they start doing the next Avengers event, you feel, all right, I'm, I'm feeling good about this particular team of Avengers. The or problem is Fantastic I, Four. Yeah. And I think that they're at the same time trying to kind of cast a bit of a net. You know, if you, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. If you look at the diversity of characters that were in kind of the first run of Avengers movies, it wasn't quite there. I think they're trying to to reach out a little bit more and, hey, let's grab the Chinese market with Shang-Chi. Let's, let's grab the Muslim market with Miss Marvel. You know, let's try and bring in some of these to try and give people... Because they saw that with Black Panther, you know, they gave us an African-American superhero and that community showed up to support that character. So I think you're seeing some of that with this as well. So, Mm -hmm. and not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's kind of a nice thing that everybody can, you know, go to an Avengers movie or, you know, a Marvel movie and feel somewhat represented. But at the same time, you're kind of, that diversity wasn't reflected in the comics quite as early, you know? And so that's where you're getting, again, you're pulling kind of some newer characters to try and uh, square this out. So, Mm -hmm. but the, you know, I didn't mind um, Black Panther. I thought it was fine. The uh, highlighting of the Muslim community is interesting in the Ms. Marvel series so far. Haven't watched this week's yet, so you know, only two episodes in. But as kind of an insight into that, that part is, you know, different, which we don't typically get to see unless I guess you watch, uh, you know, Bollywood movie movies or perhaps other. Uh, Eastern movies like that. Uh, but uh, the, the Shang-Chi movie was very good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty well done and it had good effects and how they tied it together, <clears throat> even into uh, the latest Doctor Strange movie, because elements from there cross over and you know, as the Marvel movies, everything crosses over into something else somehow, some way. But where are you in the timeline? And nobody knows. So you kind of have to get the roadmap after everything comes out and sit down for three months and watch Marvel movies and series. The again, the Hawkeye series was was good. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was uh, pretty good too. I I think my favorite so far has been Loki and Moon Knight. Those two really resonated with with me that they were different, and you you couldn't really go oh it's the person and he or she is bad. And we got to figure out how to take him down. And uh, I, I'm down on my luck and I got messed up, but I'm getting my powers back or whatever the, the case with it is. Uh, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier, they specifically dive into other 
um, super serum, which is very interesting because you meet uh, the, you know, one of the quote unquote black Avengers from back in the day. And he's really the only one who survived, but he was put in prison for decades and then tested because he was given the serum and he didn't die. So, you know, nobody knew about it. Very interesting. Yeah. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. We finished um, WandaVision uh, here the other night. And And uh, your thoughts on the culmination of that series with the Scarlet Witch. You know, it was all right. Um, you know, it, it, I, I enjoyed it. I'll put it that way. I enjoyed the series. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I, I still stand by my thing that I, I feel like the greater mystery of it was kind of given away a little bit. I understand, you know, it's a, it's a limited series, and you have to move the story along. But I, I wanted just more of that. I, I really loved the stuff that they did with um, TV, except for the uh, kind of the Malcolm in the Middle tribute that they kind of did with kind of around the Halloween episode. Like that, they didn't catch. Like it lacked some of like the. Tropes isn't quite the right word, but the cliches of kind of 90s sitcoms. Like, the early stuff was clearly, like, you could kind of tell this is 50s and 60s and 70s sitcom styles. And then when they kind of jump after the Halloween episode, it's very much a 2000s style with the, you know, very reminiscent of, like, The Office with, like, the fourth wall interviews, you know, and such. So there was some of that. There were a couple of things in it that were kind of meh, a little cheesy in the sense of why is this happening? Um, Well, it's happening because we need it to happen plot-wise, such as the Vision unable to get home because things keep popping up and stopping him. It was a little, little cheesy. Um, but overall, like, wasn't bad. Um, definitely elements I enjoyed of it. So, it's good. We enjoy it. So, and, uh, we also then started watching, finally, because it's taken a while, but we started watching The Mandalorian. It's good. Very good. I don't know if you've watched any of the Mandalorian, Kidder. Nope. I haven't. You might enjoy it. I know you're not a big Star Wars fan, um, but this is very much, it's like a sci-fi Western. And I mean like the man with no name sort of Westerns. Um. And it, it's it's very much got that feel. It's got a a good dose of comedy in it, so it you know it's enjoyable. It, it has things you'll laugh at. Um, it's amazing how much silence 
there is in it, especially in the early episodes, um, there's a whole lot of not talking. It's like you realize after a while, like, man, um, doesn't talk a lot. Um, it, it picks up about the halfway point, and you start to finally get a, a, a little bit stronger feeling for the Mandalorian. Um, I'm enjoying it. The only thing that I'm kind of was kind of yeah on was um his relationship with the child or baby yoda um because he you know he, he kind of goes from like not caring going to hand him over to all of a sudden like i'm going to risk my life and throw away my livelihood and do all of this to save the child for no real like like they hadn't earned that moment if you ask me like it just wasn't there they hadn't mm -hmm. quite gotten to that point where they had like that strong connection at least I, that was my only feel but um good action good action scenes um fun action scenes yeah yeah, you, you you might enjoy it, Kidder. You don't mm. have to be overly versed in Star Wars lore to enjoy it. Mm. So if you kind of just view it as a sci-fi show, mm -hmm. I think you'd enjoy it. Just just ignore the Star Wars part. Just enjoy it. Um, one of the things I have to call out, because it's the thing that I just I'm absolutely fascinated with it, though, and I, I think they're gorgeous. Uh, at the end of each episode, when they do the credits, they have these beautiful, beautiful digital paintings of scenes from the episode. And they're gorgeous, Kidder. They're just gorgeous. It's my favorite part, actually, or one of my favorite parts, is just getting to the end of the episode and seeing what scenes they did and seeing the art that they have put together for those. Like, they're gorgeous. I would I would hang some of them in my house in my game room if I could get prints of them because they were just beautiful. So hmm. I'm sure we have the technology. I, I'm sure we do. I'm sure that I could probably find them if I went out and looked. But yeah, it's uh, just kind of a nice touch. Nice touch. Mm -hmm. But that's what I've been watching as of late was WandaVision and sure the Mandalorian. Good. Yeah, the uh, again, last things uh, that I've been able to keep up on were episode two of Ms. Marvel. Uh, what would it be? Episode seven of Strange New Worlds. And uh, that's, I mean, uh, well, I guess we watched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like I said. <clears throat> which, you know, able to make it through the six or seven episodes pretty quickly with that. And uh, that wasn't uh, too bad either. And uh, I don't know. It's really hoping for some other good television, as it were, to come about. I have seen that Marvel will be coming back with Loki season two. So that'll be nice to be able to help continue the story there. 
And you haven't watched any of the Loki series yet, correct? No, we were going to start on uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, but we uh, we decided to start on the Mandalorian instead, uh, mostly because Junior is obsessed with Grogu, and so it was kind of like, you know, he's only two. Is this appropriate for him to watch? You know, so we kind of started pre-watching that to see is this something that we could introduce him to so that he could actually see Grogu because he loves Grogu a lot. Hmm. He's going to be a Star Wars kid. And that makes me so yeah. happy. I mean, you know, you introduced him to it young, so of course you messed him up right away. <laughs> it's okay. If we had so many Star Trek fans, then, I mean, it would take away the mystique a little bit. Well, it, but, listen, it's not like he's not ever going to see Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll start him on the good Star Trek, you know, next generation Deep Space Nine, the 2000 movies, the uh, you know, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <clears throat> Either way, um, here we are in 2022. And since you mentioned Star Trek, I'd just like to say that of course i'm enjoying strange new worlds it, it's very refreshing to have the series that it is although the last in the last episode eh, the enterprise gets taken over again <laughs> like not original um not not interesting uh, and the the character, you know, playing the big bad pirate. Uh, uh, political issues aside, was okay. Um, but the series as a whole has been enjoyable. It's like a return to here's the ship. The ship is glory. Like the ship is a character by itself, both the internal visuals of the corridors and the areas of the ship, but the exteriors as well. And the beauty shots next to planets and nebula, etc., etc. So is that first season of strange new worlds begins to kind of wind down a little bit. We have other things to look forward to, such as lower decks, the uh, animated series continues, and uh, I think there's a couple other things on the horizon, such as Star Trek Prodigy, the other animated series. Uh, Kate Mulgrew, who played Captain Catherine Janeway at Star Trek Voyager, uh, an interesting comment was made the past week that she is ready to play the live-action Janeway again. In, you know, summarized terms, shall we say. So the question is, are they now coming up with another series? 
or is she going to show up in season three of Picard? Because most of the next generation crew, in fact, all of them, I guess, are supposed to be in season three. That'll be out next year, because even though they're done shooting it and it's ready to go, you have to wait. And the other thing, I just want to share this again, because I think I shared it before, but it's coming up in my head again and it pisses me off again. The best thing about Star Trek Picard season two, when Rios, Cristobal Rios, was captain of the USS Stargazer, that would have been a perfect spin-off series. Like the perfect spin-off series. But no, you screwed it up. Good effing job. You screwed it up. Could it be a, a still a spin-off series with Seven of Nine and Rafi? Yes. Will it be as good? No. Cristobal Rios had a bunch of swagger and returning to Starfleet and a whole backstory of why he left Starfleet and didn't want anything to do with Starfleet and how they screwed up seven of nine's character of, well, she, she was going to be tested because uh, she's Borg and et cetera, et cetera. And so she left and she's protecting the universe now as part of the Federalist Rangers. Eh, the Rios thing, Starfleet captain has a ship, is very casual in his captaincy. That's cool. Like, aside from that, the, uh, I guess, lack of a better term, the Hispanic viewership was behind him. It's a character that uh, I guess would be relatable. I mean, I related to Rios. So multiple people of various backgrounds could relate to Rios. And what do they do? They send them back in time and yeah, you figure it out. <sighs> Why? Um, that's, that's that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I thought about going to the con once again, but then I was like, you know, it's probably the same thing as the year before. And with it not being the official Star Trek convention anymore in Las Vegas, it was all right last time, but um, I don't know. It just it was missing a little bit uh, that extra Star Trek flair, it seemed like. So I uh, won't be going this year, really because of uh, scheduling issues. Uh, again, with um, not being able to go to the AEW Dynamite show in Minneapolis in August. Be a good birthday present, though to go down have fun but you know it's a wednesday so there's that and then uh, the con is the final week of uh, august which would be around the 25th of the month or something 
something like that. So not going to work out this year. Breaking the streak aside from the year that it was canceled. What year was that? 21? Yeah. No, 20. It was canceled in 20. But anyway. Cheers to Star Trek. Cheers to Star Wars. Cheers to sci-fi. Let's get a network to bring back the expanse. That's really what we should talk about. <laughs> I don't know that that's happening. I know. They the cool thing, and I know you haven't watched the finale. You haven't as far as I know, you haven't watched any of the expanse, correct? Correct. Uh, so the finale, they left it open with the questions and the potential to continue. So there's that. You're saying there's a chance. It's probably not going to happen, but there's a chance. So I I can continue to hope. I'm not putting a lot of, you know, effort into hoping because it's probably never going to happen, but there's a 10% chance. Eh. Give it a go. Uh, what else? We talked about Top Gun. Uh, talked with a co-worker of mine today about Top Gun. He wasn't impressed with Top Gun. More so with the various things and how Tom Cruise thinks he's the coolest person on the planet. And, uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You can definitely see that in the movie. Uh, Are there a lot of cool things? Yes. Is it worth seeing? Yes. Is it the best movie ever made? No. What is the best movie ever made? Howard Blues. You know, that's a tough one. I I, I was actually asked this uh, recently on one of the uh, road trips I've been on about what my favorite movie is. And I, you know, the way I always say it is depends on what part you're talking about. Like, because if it's nostalgia I'm going to say Star Wars or Indiana Jones because those movies were amazing uh, when I was a kid. However, there are just some movies that are really good. I love like the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Jaws is another fantastic one. Death to Smoochie if I'm in a dark comedy mood. Uh, there's a lot of just great movies out there. And I, I hate that whole like, what's your favorite movie or what's the best movie of all time? Because there's just a lot of good ones out there that I could sit and rattle off. You know, I could go, you want old school? Hey, we'll go uh, Casablanca. I enjoy that movie. We could go with the uh, Phantom of the Opera, not the um, the real old one with Lon Chaney Jr., but uh, the Claude Rains version I watched as a kid, and I, I enjoyed that. So, <sighs> best movie Sergeant of all time? It's, it's, it's tough. Uh I'd have a hard time naming one as the best of all time. Clearly, Super Troopers, the best of all time. Clearly. (laughs) Uh, Negatory. Negatory. One of my least favorite movies of all time. That's just because you had to watch it like 300 times in 300 days. (laughs) Correct. Correct. That is a big part. But like uh, Super Troopers, yeah, there's like one line in that movie that I enjoy, or at least one kind of bit in that movie that I enjoy, and the rest of it just annoys the shit out of me. And what's that 
line slash scene. It's the whole bit about shenanigans. Evil shenanigans? Uh, hmm. That that to me is I enjoy that bit and nothing else about that movie. You talking about the place that uh, there's all the goofy shit on the wall and the free mozzarella sticks? Oh, you mean shenanigans? Oh, <laughs> talking about shenanigans, right? No, oh! cut that crap out. Yep. Yep. I like that part, but anything else, I'm kind of. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Another, you know, I don't want to say is in the running for the best movies of all time, but Star Trek First Contact. Uh, Paramount just did some work and uh, upgraded it to 4K HDR, Ultra HD, and released it on Paramount Plus. Hey, by the way, we did this. Uh, okay. Awesome. And apparently they will be, uh, as in Paramount, will be releasing the rest of the... I don't know if it's all 10 of the movies, as in the original series and the next-gen movies in 4K Ultra HD, which then you go over to my wall over there and you grab the Ultra 4K remastered pack and go, why was this 40 bucks and why did this come out eight months in advance of this other pack. Why? Because they can make money and that's bullshit. But <laughs> I will probably end up having to get another, another grouping, which again, you look at the wall and I have probably five different variants of it going back. Even though it's not on this wall, I have the VHS collection of the first six movies from the original Star Trek collection. So again, we'll see in the coming days and weeks. I also just remembered speaking of days, weeks, months, years, because uh, you remember maybe six months ago, a certain someone that worked with both of us, had said that he was bringing us some beer. Well, eventually, I, eventually he came through and brought us some beer. Eventually came through. Okay. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said he was going to bring us some some more beer. That was a month and a half ago. And then uh, just the other day, he's like, "Yeah, I got some other beer to bring you guys. You're going to hate it, but maybe not." All right, content, waiting for it. Hmm. Eh? Eh? He's, you know, I, I will say, he's got a couple weeks. You're still working through the Iowa beers. I'm yeah. still got some beer in the beer fridge. He's got some time. It's but true. now, now all the fans know. So it's it's very true. He's been he's put on getting, notice. 
Yeah, he's going to start getting hate mail from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Thank you to all of you in Pennsylvania for watching this and every episode in the last two months of Beer Blues and BS. Aside from that, what I would say is I do have a couple Iowa beers for you. And unlike Lane, I will actually share them with you at some point in the near future. And of course, before those beers go bad. He also made an odd point that apparently beer, as long as it's kept in a cool, dark location, is good for up to five years. And I'm like, who wants to wait five years to drink beer? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Come on. And then I was like, let me let me look in the fridge and see how how long the beer has been in there. Hasn't been that long. I, I could have waited five years to drink this thing, this uh, white wing. I, I could have I could have put that off for another five years. But it's good you didn't because it was content for tonight. And now you're done with it, so you know not to get it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Kenner, I've, I've been painting tonight. And I had the paint cam up, so... Hey, you, the audience, if you've been watching us on YouTube, uh, you've gotten to see. Um, and I, I'm not painting barrels. I, I finally found something that I could paint that wasn't barrels or crates or things like that. Um, a wall? Just, a fence? A barricade? No. I, so I've been painting this guy, or at least working on it. He is a undead, dead demon from the game Dungeon Saga. So just started on him. So it's got a lot of work. But here, here's here's something, Kidder. <clears throat> my uh, my hot take for the night. I got this guy in a Kickstarter, and they made this big deal when they unlocked him as a stretch goal. Like, this is this big, monstrous, you know demon that had come back from the dead and therefore this great almost godlike hero has to destroy him. And I got the model. And I, they built this up. I was expecting something big and huge. This is not a huge demon. Um, I have much larger ones uh, from Reaper that are much bigger a whole lot uh, cooler <laughs> than this guy. I have one more I brought in. And these were just the ones that I had quickly on my shelf that I could easily uh, get. But, I mean, look at that. So, if you're going to build all this lore into a stretch goal make it good make it pay off and uh yeah that not the best demon model ever so there there's my hot take disappointing disappointing that's my hot take do you have uh, a figure of trogdor the burninator no 
Nobody has made that model. I think we need to get some people on that to make Trogdor de Burninator. Well, I'm sure that if you talk to one local geek who's got a 3D printer, I'm sure that there is an STL file out there somewhere for a Trogdor. So you need to get It's good that he on. watches and listens to this show. Thanks for your view, by the way, and thanks for your thumbs up to the like. Yeah. And you know he won't disappoint us, like Lane. Yeah. Or Simon. Which I, I do want to touch on this kidder. Um I won't I thought you were just saying come on, like I, I you know, I put something on there like come on! Why are you talking about this again? Like it's no, something no. else? I, I'm talking about Simon. So uh by the time this comes out, two weeks ago I put out a video, uh Howard's Cave of Wonder talking about Simon. Um, because we had talked about them previously on the show, Kidder. Uh, just to remind you, they're the guys who did the Marvel Zombies Zombicide game, where when they people got to the pledge manager and the shipping, like the shipping costs had like doubled. Ah, yes. And so people were pissed off about that, and then they um, started banning people who were critiquing them on all their social media. So. When we recorded that, I mentioned the fact that I thought it was kind of going to be one of the things that was going to kill off a lot of their support and that it would take a very special IP for them to come back and uh, win it. And they, they chose they chose a real winner of an IP, Kidder. They chose something that uh, you know had a lot of hype behind it, a huge fan base. They chose Cyberpunk 2077. Because that game wasn't a flop. Um, and boy, that Kickstarter is like they have funded, but it's not doing well. And I would almost be curious to see how many of the pledges they got are just people trolling them. Um, in the comment section, it, the comment section was mostly dedicated to people saying, hey, if you're backing this game, you should back it at the all-in, like, $300, $400 level, and then on the last day of the campaign, switch your your pledge to a dollar and screw Simon. Um, hmm. So, um, okay. are people pissed about the shipping at Marvel Zombies? Yes. Are they making it clear? Yes. Can Simon ban them from comment section on Kickstarter? No. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's ugly in there. If you if you if you just want to hear or read some good like hate and feel better about your day, uh the comment section on Simon Cyberpunk 2077, good place. Good place to do it. But you can tell they're not raising money anywhere near as fast. You know, Marvel Zombies had a million dollars in its first week easily on Kickstarter. Um, they've been up for two days and they just, I think, barely cleared the $200,000 mark. So it's it's slow. And you can tell CMON knows this. Their stretch goals are separated at only like $5,000 apart. Marvel Zombies, you had stretch goals that were like hundred dollars to $150,000 apart. So it's... Uh, it's it's showing people are letting Simon know that they are not happy uh, with the whole shipping situation. 
uh, for Marvel Zombies. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes and how they survive after that. Um, and if you want more details, including what I think of their of the Cyberpunk uh, 2077, uh, go check out the latest episode of Howard's Cave of Wonder. I go through the Kickstarter. It's my first time seeing it. Um, it doesn't take long, uh, Kidder. They didn't they didn't put a lot up there. I covered the whole Kickstarter in like 30 minutes, um, which most of the other ones have taken me like an hour to do. So tells you that it's it's missing some stuff. So um, did you put any money down for this one? I did not. I passed because unlike other CMON games, I've kind of known how it plays. And uh, this kidder had the barest of descriptions on how it's played. Um, I could probably pull it up real fast. Also, it has a terrible name um, for this game because it's it's not just Cyberpunk 2077. It's Cyberpunk 2077 Gangs of Night City, the board game. Hmm. Yeah, really uh, makes me want to play. Oh, I I am sure, Kidder, that you after you see this amazing Kickstarter, uh, you're gonna be so thrilled. So they actually are are higher than I thought. They're at three hundred and forty thousand. So they're making some progress. Um. But let's scroll down. I, I will say it doesn't even. Oh wait, because I see that Google's just catching up. Catch up, Google. Catch up. Um, to me, it doesn't even really look all that appealing. You know, with the board and all of that, it's just, yeah. Um, it also has some of the most static models, but here's. Here's all it tells you on how to play, Kidder. Choose your story. So you choose a story. Control Night City's most notorious gang. So you choose a gang. Each one has a special skill. You activate your gang units, and all this tells you is what each of the different gang units does. And a very easy thing. Then you can hire famous edge runners and earn street cred. And that's it. That's the entire how to play. But you live in infamy. Yeah, but it doesn't really give you anything. I can't tell you, are you rolling dice? Is there combat? You know, are there missions that you have to do? I, I got nothing. I can tell you Keanu Reeves is in the game because, look, it's Keanu Reeves. Hmm. But... So there's not a lot of there. And then, as I said, just the miniatures, like the detail is great, but like the poses and such, they just, they're not dynamic. Because, you know, as a guy who paints, what I really want to paint is this chick smoking a cigarette three times. Woo. Yeah. So needless to say, Kidder, it's a very underwhelming campaign. And uh, I'm not money towards it. I will put my money elsewhere. Like a better investment. Perhaps would be to the... 
Oh, were we both going to do uh, a merch store plug? Were we both on that wavelength? Maybe. Because that's where I was going. I'd rather put my money in the merch store. Go to beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch. <laughs> There's lots of sweet swag there. Pint glasses, wine tumblers, sweatshirts, t-shirts, all sorts of awesome designs at beerbluesbs.com. Click on merch right at the top of the page. Or if you're on mobile in the hamburger menu on the top left corner of your screen, which if you're watching it, it would be up, up there. So there's that. Um, uh, what I was going to say, in addition to that, is you could buy the game Flashing Lights and help to develop it into a better game. Continue the feedback and help it progress. In fact, there was a new update that was published this past week, and they made several improvements, uh, including visual uh, lighting effects and uh, traffic stop abilities so you can do more on a traffic stop things like that uh, and then fix a bunch of the bugs that were you know in the game because it's technically a beta pre-release game so do that go on to steam and search the game flashing lights okay i was gonna say <laughs> do you want some breaking news yes Let's do it. All right, some breaking news. This just in. Howard is still not signed into Steam, has still not accepted Kidder's Friend Request, and still has not started playing Flashing Lights. And this provides the update I promised you last week, although about an hour later than I said it would. So on that terrible, terrible news, Kidder... We've been talking for quite a while. It's time to wrap this up with some cheap plugs. You dirty son of Mama. Yes. All right, let's let's just <clears throat> let's just hit it. Uh, if you're listening to us right now in the audio version, please visit us on Facebook. Join us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash beer blues BS. Like our page, join in on the show, comment on the show. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, if you are listening to this and want to see some of the shenanigans that we deal with, well, you can visit our page at beerbluesbs.com and then click on the YouTube version and watch the video version. It's super easy and it's super awesome. And while you're there, please click subscribe and the thumbs up as well. That helps us. And it helps us help you so we would appreciate your support and subscriptions other than that well visit us online at beerbluesbs.com that's our home in cyberspace beerbluesbs.com all this information is in the show notes so you can join us there for that click on the merch tab to get some awesome threads and awesome designs to share with your friends and show off in public that uh, you are a fan of the best damn podcast on the planet, Beer, Blues, and BS. We'd appreciate it. We also have some awesome pint glasses 
that are available with many designs to support the show beerbluesbs.com click on merch other than that if you want to support the show you can buy us a beer or even sponsor the show again beerbluesbs.com and support the show if you're really wanting to listen to the audio version we're on pretty much every audio platform that is out there so make sure that if you are listening to and have a subscription or a username on one of the audio platforms that you search beer blues and bs because we are probably there beerbluesbs.com for all the info uh, including podbean and uh, search beer blues nbs but again the audio versions we're on all kinds of them Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher FM, uh, just to name a couple. And there's many more out there. So please join us at BeerBluesBS.com. All right, it's enough plugging for this episode. Go, Avs, go. Game six. It's your time. Take over Tampa Bay and make it happen. For Howard Blues, who's painting away, I am the man, the myth, the legend, Mark Kidder. Thanks for joining us for this and every edition of Beer Blues and BS. We appreciate you and your viewership and or listenership and likes on the social media. Make sure you join us next time because... You got to keep your glass at least half full. There's free beer tomorrow, and we will catch you on that dusty Tuscan highway. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You have been listening to a UA production of Beer, Blues, and BS. If you enjoyed the show, help others find out about it by rating the show or leaving a review at your podcast listening service of choice. Thanks for listening, and may your glass never be empty. UA Productions presents A Glimpse Behind the Curtain. You know, I send you this in advance so that you can fill it out. In advance. So Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. you know, when I say start at 8.30... You know, we can start at nine on time and not be waiting oh, right. for, the, for, for you to be entering for somebody's this stuff computer in. to reboot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't, don't turn this around on me and my uh, ancient machine. Oh, oh. I mean, right. you sat and watched two periods of hockey. You could have had this done. I was uh, doing se- several things while watching hockey, <laughs> including finding my finding my lights because I knew I had them around somewhere. But I needed I needed to hang hang them up. All right, you you, you ready yet? Maybe.
Because like my beer has been sitting here already for like 40 minutes or longer. Well, somebody needs to get a beer fridge. I have a beer fridge. It's three floors up. That's what I'm saying.